Hey, Wonderfuls. That felt pretty good to say. Uh, This is obviously not Janet Varney. This is producer Julian Burrell. Janet is a little busy right now, so I just thought that I would introduce this great episode that we are rerunning from 2018 with Jordan Morris, Maximum Fun's own Jordan Morris at that, talking all about his high school years, the things that he wishes he'd done differently as a little high schooler who was causing so much mischief over the years. And of course, this is a very Max Fun centric episode, and I thought that felt especially appropriate with it being Co-Optober. It's the final week of Co-Optober. Can you believe it? It has just flown right by. Uh, and if you want to find out more, that URL, if you haven't seen it enough, is maximumfun.org/coptober. Go find out what the Max Fun Co-op is all about. Go find some great exclusive merchandise before it goes away forever in just a few days. I promise you it is fantastic and it is all so great and an exclusive time to support our beloved Max Fun Co-op. Without further ado, here's Janet Varney speaking to Jordan Morris. got on the phone I laughed mischievously or mischievously depending on how you say it I say mischievous you say mis- I say you say mischievous do you say mischievous and mischievously or do you say mischievous and mischievously I think I go evious in both cases although I will say I don't say either of those words very much so <laughs> It may be the most I've ever said them as well. Uh, and, ev- and and as I started saying mischievous over and over, I started to feel like it was a British, like old, like an elderly detective character, like <laughs> mischievous. Like, oh, hey, this is mischievous. I am going to solve this very puzzling crime. <laughs> you know, my, fav- my favorite one was always uh, mischievous and the legend of the pirate's gold. <laughs> That's For right. my money, that was always the best of the series. I, you know, I loved the Curse of the Pharaoh's Tomb, but uh, you know, <laughs> no one could ever. I mean, I rem- I remember why she went to Egypt uh, because she was very into you know Egyptology and right, uh, right. ancient. But uh, but I I don't really think I've ever understood how she ended up on the high seas. The pirates' gold was that was certainly the riskiest uh, adventure she went on. Yeah, well, I have a subreddit dedicated to the mischievous series where I talk about continuity errors, um, timelines. <laughs> um, some people say that some of those adventures happened on Earth too. I think that um, helps. But you know, there's a lot of fan. Just you know, hit us up r slash mischievous, and we're going to get into all sorts of fan theories. Wonderful. Some someone is taking this seriously i think <laughs> yeah it's, there's like a boxcar children fan out there who was like i've never heard of these yeah i i hate to break it to you boxcar children fan but miss mischievous if you miss the beginning of that is certainly not real yeah. certainly not real uh until until now until you and i are both about to be very very rich indeed oh yeah uh, sure Hey, does the person who invented Reddit, is that person rich? Like, is that a thing? I mean, what is Reddit? You know what I mean? Is that a thing yeah, that he is married someone to, benefited from? I guess one of the one of the Reddit men, I think, is married to one of the tennis playing Williams sisters. Oh, really? And I mean, I mean, I can't imagine they would marry a poor. So, yeah. <laughs> Alexis O'Hanahan. I'm probably getting that wrong. Uh, and... I know getting that something th- that actually sounds more made up than mischievous. Oh, Hannah Hand sounds. 
Uh, but yes, super I, made up on the fly. Yeah, it did. It, and you I needed, said you needed an alibi. Right, exactly. I said it like a cop pulled me over and asked me what my name was, and I was <laughs> making right. up something on the spot. That's right, and it, you just kept going. Yes, Jordan I am. Oh, Hannah, 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 Hannahsley, and I'm married to a tennis woman. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Also, also said as if you were from Earth Two, or maybe a different. <laughs> Planet altogether. Right. Yeah. I'm from a reality where the South won the Civil War. Uh huh. <laughs> that is a show, isn't it? Is that is that something that's being planned? It oh, is for sure. You know, I think it is something that HBO was planning, but that's I think right. decided that it maybe it was in bad taste. Got it. Yes. Who was that? Now we're talking about a real thing. There yeah. is a subreddit on this, I guarantee you. Oh, there absolutely is. I think I think if I'm remembering it correctly, maybe the the Game of Thrones men who are two yes. white men yes. Uh, were, yes. were planning some sort of slave-based show in kind of an alternate reality, and I think they had to ditch it because people were yep. rightly not fans anyway. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Thank you. That was exactly what it was. Uh, I don't know what you've won. But if there's something lying around the office that you want to take home as your prize, <laughs> please take it. I will. And tell everyone. Tell but, everyone I said it was okay. Listen, Janet so said we, it was okay for me to take these laptops. That's right. Because I was able able to you, remember an internet controversy from about a year ago. Also, taking more than one laptop seems excessive. Well, uh, well. When, it, when we're talking about prizes, when we're talking about awards and prizes, uh, more than one seems excessive. Sure. Um. For for a heist, but I'm not condoning a heist. No, yeah. I'm condoning prizes only. Yeah, kids, listen, I know you all went out to see Ocean's 8 this weekend, and you're like, why not plan my own heist? Well, we're here sure. to tell you that heists are for... Oh boy, what rhymes with heists? We're, listen, I'm going to consult Ge- with... Geists. Like, geists, like apostrophe geists. Oh, that is that ghost in... Oh, yeah, that's ghost in German, I bet, because Polter... Must oh, mean I love this. Else. This is great. Thank you for saving my ass on the slogan, Janet. Yes, heists are for geists. <laughs> heists are for geists. And no, who wants to be a German ghost? <laughs> I really reverse engineered figuring out what what the word poltergeist meant, and all I can say is that I assume that it's like a like a chicken or a turkey ghost. Um, <laughs> right. I I can only I can I can't go I can only go from A to B in with ger, ger, the Germanic language. So there's really if it sounds kind of like poultry, uh, that's as far as I'm willing to take it. This uh, this all tracks to me. I mean I'm no linguist. Okay, good. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and say you're right. I appreciate that deeply. Hmm. So you're in you're in the Maximum Fun office. Uh, I have b- had many enjoyable recordings in that office. Yes. I am in uh, I am in a, a, a high rise uh, apartment in Atlanta. Uh, I feel it's very echoey. So pr- a few minutes ago, while you were talking, I went and grabbed the only thing that was nearby, which was a, a towel, and tried to put the towel over my head. Okay. Uh, while I was sitting on the couch, and I realized very quickly that it was that was not going to work. It might work for the sound, but it was absolutely not going to work for my comfort level. So yeah, and I um, imagine if anybody were to walk in, you would seem insane. You were sitting there with a towel on your head, talking to yourself. That's right, with a microphone. So you you opted not to go with the towel. But here's the thing: is that I still have the towel. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it's I'm sitting with my knees. So I'm sitting on the couch with my knees sort of tucked to my chest and the towel is sort of over the bottom half, uh, which also means that the towel is very close to my face because my knees are tucked up to my chest as Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here. Mm -hmm. But I thought, oh, maybe that'll help like a little bit with the sort of bouncing around of, of the, the volume uh, um, uh, over the microphone and, and the acoustics. I, I doubt that it does, but I would also look slightly less crazy, but only slightly less. Well, hey, I mean, if that doesn't work, you can always wedge it under the door and smoke a doob, buddy, so the RA doesn't find what? out. hey yo, hey yo. Oh, mm-mm. Um, <laughs> uh, I, so uh, but anyway, well, I was saying that I have had uh, many a pleasant recording in that little box yes. uh, although it does tend to get warm uh, on a warm day and mm-hmm. I guess even on a cool day and the last time that I was there I was recording uh, uh you were very generously offered me uh, a guest role in your latest Max Fun series um, which feels like a perfect segue to talk about because my understanding is that, that it just came out fairly recently yeah um Janet you did a wonderful job uh lending your professional voice acting talents to something we're doing at Max Fun called Bubble. Uh, it's the first like scripted thing Max Fun has done. Um, they have some sketch stuff and some comedy game shows, uh, but this is like an eight-episode uh, scripted miniseries. And uh, yeah, it's a big, weird thing that we're trying, but we, we hope that it'll work. I mean, certainly the, um, the parts that included the vocal talents of Janet Varney worked very well. Well, it's uh, it's kind of like it's a sci-fi comedy. It's uh, I think if you liked uh, if you like if you like Buffy, if you like Broad City, it's kind of a mashup between those two things. Maybe a little dash of Portlandia in there. Um, yeah, it's kind of about a little Logan's Run type bubble world where hipsters have to fight monsters if they want to keep their spot in their cool neighborhood. Um, yeah, a lot of great people in it. Um, Janet Varney included. And you co-wrote it? Yeah, so I wrote it. It was a TV pilot that I had written like a year ago and just, you know, kind of to present it in a unique way. And because I have access to podcast friends, I did a little staged reading of it and kind of put out the audio of that reading as a podcast. And yeah, people people liked it and they responded well and we kind of put it out on our podcast feed and, uh, you know, people were into it and I definitely had a couple of you know, TV meetings about it, which was the goal. Um, but all those TV meetings kind of ended with, boy, we really enjoyed this, but it's too weird and we'll never make it. Uh, right. So, uh, so yeah, so, you know, it, it kind of seemed like it was too big and weird a thing for TV, but our, our fans kept asking us for more episodes. So, um, yeah, and I know Max Fun had been kind of wanting to try something bigger and scripted, so it seemed like a natural fit because the... Fans were kind of already aware of the world and stuff. So, yeah, we we uh, I co-wrote it with a lot of cool people. Uh, Nick Adams uh, was kind of my executive producer on it. He's a writer on BoJack Horseman. And uh, a lot of cool people did episodes. Janine Brito, Sarah Morgan, uh, Ryan Perez, who writes on The Break with Michelle Wolf these days. And uh, the novelist Dan Kennedy all wrote episodes. And, uh, yes, yeah, so we, we've got eight of them, and uh, it, 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 uh, it dropped uh, – our first one dropped on June 13th. So if you're listening to this after June 13th, uh, get over there and listen. I think this is all very exciting, and I had a very good time recording. I'm trying to remember who was in the room with me. I feel like maybe Mark Gagliardi and Eliza Skinner? Yeah, Gagliardi's in there. A lot of the – it's uh, the, a lot, there's a lot of work juice players involved, Janet. I support that. I embrace it. Promote it. And uh, yeah, Eliza Skinner, the uh, hilarious stand-up comic, 
plays a part in it. Maybe a Mike Mitchell, if you're a fan of the Doughboys. Oh, yeah, Mike Mitchell. Mike Mitchell was definitely there. I sat uh, right next to Mike, which meant that I couldn't see him as well as the two other people I just described. (laughs) Jen, I guess I don't know. Do you still do a lot of voiceover work? I don't have a regular voiceover job uh, per se. I but I do, you know, guest guest spots and commercials and stuff. But I'm not on a show like a like you know Legend of Korra. Like I'm not on a show that I record weekly or anything like that at this point. But I sure love to do it. Yeah, no, you were great. You, I think, uh, not to spoil anything, but you play a kind of like a a soothsaying uh, gypsy woman who sells gremlin-like artifacts. That's right. You know better than I if that's a spoiler, as I did not get to read any of the scripts except the one that I was in. So oh, yes, yeah. It's always fun when you do something like that and everything around it is a mystery <laughs> until you listen to it and then you then it, then it actually makes sense in some sort of context. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Jordan, I have known you for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I met you year two of Sketchfest. Yeah. Uh, Maybe f- f- fun. when you were still in, at the UC Santa Cruz? Yeah, fun visual Easter egg. I am now recording. I'm recording while wearing one of my SF Sketchfest swag t-shirts. Hey, I love a good visual audio <laughs> Easter egg. <laughs> you have to identify it. You have to. Act, you just have to call it out. Yeah. Hey, people. Rather than let someone discover it. If you were imagining me in some sort of chambray shirt or tank top, uh, I'm not wearing either of those. (laughs) I'm wearing SF Sketchfest 2017. Great year. Great year for Sketchfest. In the very early days of Sketchfest, um, you know, back before it became the kind of premier comedy festival where you go to see, you know, amazing nationally known acts it was kind of more of a local bay area thing and um and yeah and our our sketch group we uh our college sketch group we were called prank the dean uh we did shows at like in the dining hall at uc santa cruz which is maybe like um you know an hour away from san francisco uh yeah you guys like stoked us out harder than we had ever been stoked and gave us a spot i think we performed (laughs) with casper hauser uh maybe yeah Definitely. Yeah, and that was like that, that. I will always remember that, like getting into Sketchfest that first year. Uh, I guess it was the second year of Sketchfest, but our first year doing it was uh, it. 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 I can't remember ever being that excited about a performance. It was so awesome. That's so cool to hear. I may need to do the thing that one does from time to time with a sketch group, which is to ask you about the origin of your name. I mean, it seems real college oriented. But I could be wrong. It could be like you could be talking about Jimmy Dean of Jimmy Dean Sausage. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, we bo- yeah we really fooled that Jimmy Dean. We replaced his <laughs> sausage with soy crumbles, and we all had a laugh. Uh, oh, no, Santa yeah, Cruz. No, but yeah, we were we were. Oh boy, we got it done. Um, so yeah, we uh, yeah, prank the dean. I think was just a kind of a a, a name to kind of evoke college college. Mischief, mischief. Uh-huh. How did we? Uh-huh. <laughs> how did we decide on pronouncing it? I'm saying mischief from now on. Mischief. That fall, I mean, that tracks. It tracks in the sense that if you're backing, backing up and making the word smaller and smaller to its original form, that's when it really starts to break down. Of course. Uh, so, mischief does not feel right at all. It is always fun when you're talking with comedy people to ask them about their like bad first comedy sh- comedy group names. I think everybody's. <laughs> has a terrible improv group or a sketch group in their 
in their past where they... Well, it's the equivalent of the, the bad band name, right? I mean, everybody right. who's ever been in a band has some real stinkers as well. Absolutely. Uh, do you... I, I guess I don't... Well, I don't the Dean is very playful. It is. It's fun. And I think it fit us. And, you know, I think we kind of tracked on stage as kind of young doofuses. So I think it, you know, <laughs> maybe worked for us. I'm glad... I am so glad I am not still doing shows uh, under the name Prank the Dean. As a thirty-six-year-old, yeah. <laughs> it but, gets creepy so quickly. Yeah, as a as a twenty-year-old, perfectly cute. Yeah. Do you have a bad comedy group name in your past that you that you cringe every time you have to bring up? You know what? I don't because I had never done any comedy at all until Totally False People, and I don't mind that name. That is a good uh, name. That was yeah, really, my principal comedy group. I mean, I did. I participated in a group called Sequel 4000 that was Colin Mahan and Stephen Brophy that uh, I'm totally happy with. Yeah, that is also uh, a good I performed name. With, I mean, I performed with OU and Your Bone Spurs, <laughs> which is definitely the <laughs> longest the longest name of a group. But that was me coming in as sort of a guest performer. That was another one of Stephen Brophy's groups. And then I that's sort of it in terms of sketch groups i'm trying to think if there's ever anything else but I, that was yeah my first foray was was totally false people what did you do stuff before prank the dean yeah so our college improv group where prank the dean came from was called um i'm gonna take a deep breath and clinch <laughs> and clinch before i say this it is such a bad name we were called humor force five which was a riff on the <laughs> The TV show Uma Thurman was in in Pulp Fiction called Fox Force 5. So we were sure. Humor Force 5. It it was so bad. We all had it on fucking baseball t-shirts. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it's a rite of passage. You know, you're, you're nothing, nothing you do in college should hold up in real life. But um, but yeah, no, but it's like a, it's a it's a it's a that's a good deep cut. You know, you're not you didn't name yourself after a Quentin Tarantino movie. You named yourself after <laughs> a show inside right. a show, which is very meta. Sure. Um, I'm curious if you ever thought about keeping alliteration and being like funny force five. Uh, <laughs> See, that, or that's so funny because <laughs> force five or. Uh, frenetic force five. Those are all better names, Janet. <laughs> can we go back in time and go to college and... together so that you can <laughs> fucking whap some sense into whoever picked humor force five? Humor force five does sound more like ro- a ro- robots got together and formed a group, but I right. don't know if I mind that. Yeah, maybe if we performed as like robots from another planet who are trying to simulate human humor. I think that name now would have that made sense. That is very interesting. Yeah. That's a very interesting idea for sure. one sketch and then you realize like, oh, we've tapped that out. <laughs> we have that 45 minutes to fill. Yeah. That was that was it, which is sort of like you all, it's also sort of like coneheads. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, they were aliens, but really weren't they kind of just robots like the way they spoke and the way they moved? When you look back, you're, it's sort of like, oh yeah, you were sort of like the Dalek, right? Of of SNL, yeah, right, the, right. The Coneheads did did behave more like robots. Yeah, it, I now I'm really just like wildly pontificating on something I I don't I didn't realize I cared even one whit about, which was like, I wonder what the na- what do we know what the the natural order 
of be like what the natural behavior of the coneheads were like when they weren't trying to seem human do we ever get oh. to see them really just, just like relax letting their alien flags fly yeah i like mean what life at home on their world was like well i think if you think if you consider the coneheads movie to be canon which i do um i think you, they do go to the back to the home planet and everyone just talks like this affirmative oh so oh so their planet is very, very similar to Earth, but just more right, more sti- robotic. Yeah, they speak. Yes, they speak in a more stilted way, and that's the main difference. And the coneheads, I and guess. And then they have, yeah, they guess they have coneheads. <laughs> okay, well, I never saw the movie. I didn't even have the authority to be asking that kind of a deep question about. That's okay. About I'm in, coneheads. You know, I mean, you know me. I have two. I have two passions: the uh, paperback young reader series, mischievous. <laughs> And the and the the lore of the Coneheads universe. So if, you know, <laughs> yep. if anybody wants to uh, discuss either of those with me, um, please do. Great. Where's your? You're gonna have a booth at Comic Con as you do. Right. Yes. Exactly. It's. Um. I wouldn't say it's the most popular booth, but you know. Uh-huh. But we have we have fun. Sure. Sure. Uh, you. It's. You're always available. People one at a time can just kind of sit and deconstruct some of the lore. Uh, with you, I think that's great to get to stay in touch with the peeps. Janet, I wanted to ask you about something that's funny that Comic-Con came up, came up because, you know, we've been kind of talking about this this audio program of ours is coming out. And we've, you know, maybe talked about if it is popular enough doing cons and stuff with it because it is like, you know, kind of a goofy sci-fi thing that I think that set would enjoy. But I've never done yeah. that before. But you've done you've done quite a bit of it. Yes, but uh, yeah, what is your do you do you have any do you have any things to say <laughs> well, to I someone? I didn't help you out at all, did I? I mean, it was clear where you were headed, and I sure. just did. I gave you nothing. I just lay there. No, that's okay. You've got a towel on your head. I understand. Uh, <laughs> near it, near it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, I, th- they can be really fun. The really big ones tend to feel really overwhelming to me. Those tend to be the ones that you know I go to specifically if a network is promoting something. So I've gone to San Diego Comic-Con almost every year for the last, like, you know, eight years or something for one reason or another. Uh, It's not something that I would really do on my own, but I always have a good time when I'm there. But but, But that is, like, a very intense con experience as, as anybody who's been to it feels and uh and i and i really like the sort of mid-sized ones a lot I, the new york comic con's really fun something about the new york comic con it's like new york is already so kind of crazy and crowded it right. doesn't feel like that much of a shift you know coming off of the streets and into the con yeah. sort of feels like an extension of new york city except everyone's cosplaying right but um, i guess in new york whereas, you are yeah. you, you might actually pass a guy in a dirty spider-man outfit on the street so that's also true. That's also true. There might be more of a transition. Right. Um, but but San Diego, I, I always feel, and maybe it's because, you know, I visited San Diego so much as, as a kid because one of my dad's best friends lives there. I've, it's, I'm so aware that it's been temporarily taken over. You know, it has a feeling of like bursting at the seams, like we never have enough room. Right. Um, and, and New York doesn't really feel that way. So in that way, New York feels more manageable. But I really like going to sort of mid-sized cons where, you know, there's a few thousand people there. Um, the panel rooms are not massive. Uh, and, and, and so there's like, you know, a lot of activity and energy, but, um, but there's just more time to meet individual people. And, you know, you can sort of 
walk around without like constantly apologizing to the next sweaty person next to you that you're bumping into. And right. so I, I would say what would be fun for, you know, for something like bubble would be, would be, you know, like the San Francisco comic-con or oh, yeah. Philadelphia or, you know, stuff like that where, where you're still in a major city, but it, it doesn't feel like you're just kind of getting lost in this sea of, of especially like bigger cons where there are these, you know, where Marvel is has is promoting everything and ever or, or AMC is like everything is The Walking Dead. Everywhere sure, sure. you look, there's you know billboards for The Walking Dead. Um, that feels a little more commercial. Nice. I really gave you like a lot a long encapsulation of what you could expect. Yeah, yeah. That was. I mean. It was kind of a long con. Uh, it, it was, but, but listen, I wasn't conning you. I want to make that very clear. Okay, that was all. Um, that was earnest advice. That wasn't. No, I wasn't. At the end, I wasn't like hoping to extract some something valuable from you. But uh, but let me but let me keep. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna keep rolling backwards towards your high school oh, please, days yeah. and ask uh, and ask if you were the kind of young man in college, but more so even in high school, who would have gone to a Comic-Con if that had been something that was as uh, sort of pervasive as they are now. Oh yeah, no. So I grew up in Orange County, which is a which is a a, a short a short minivan ride away from San Diego when you're in high school. <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely did Comic Con. Like that stuff was my jam, and I am even one of those guys. I don't like this about myself, Janet, but I am one of those guys who, when Comic Con comes up, I will say things like. I remember when it was a place to buy comics. Well, no, I think that's entirely appropriate. And that actually is uh, very interesting because I, I, wherever I might have thought you were from, there are so precious few places in the United States where when you were in high school, there would have been a con. Uh, as you know, from the way I said it, I just assumed that that wasn't even an option for you. So you really were going to the kind of original one of the originals yeah yeah um when it was yeah when it was like absolutely about comics what were you reading that you were really excited about or did you kind of sample everything or you know were you a fiend about just about everything that was out there oh yeah so i was a you know i was maybe a little more of a marvel kid than a dc kid i liked spider-man i liked the x-men this was the mid-90s mind you so that you know those that was the heyday of the like you know super buff veiny versions of those characters um boy yeah now that i think about it boy 90s comics very buff very veiny a lot of veins um yeah and then there was also about you do you think if you had to if you had to extrapolate a reason from the 1990s what would you say that would be <laughs> well gosh uh, i mean you know i mean limp biscuit was out there making aggressive music and i think the artists were just drawing to that and um oh, sure you know, I think that was the time when it was at the zenith of like comics need to be extreme and these aren't for kids. These are for, you know, mature 13 year olds. And so I think that <laughs> I think comics kind of overcorrected, you know, in that in that time, you know, it, just because they didn't want anything to look cute. You know, God forbid someone m- would mistake these for a kid's thing that, you know, everybody, oh, I see, I see. everything became kind of like, you know hyper hyper veiny and maybe a little too sexual and everything was sweaty (laughs) um i still love those old comics from the 90s and i you know there's so much good stuff and good storytelling from it but that aesthetic definitely like every time you pull out a comic from that era like you're like boy every everyone looks like a ball sack even the women everyone just looks like (laughs) just looks like a pinched testicle 
well, what's what I I stopped myself from laughing harder uh, and longer purely because I, I it's I was very clearly echoing, um, and I just like I really I really pinched off that laugh, <laughs> but uh, with a with a alarming abruptness. But um, but what's funny about that to me is like you sort of would expect. I mean, not to say you like when I just sort of quickly you know sort of like okay word almost like word or image association like you'd kind of would almost expect the 80s to have been that era just in the sense of like 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 bodybuilding like Arnold Schwarzenegger bigger cocaine like hair like everything sort of being like blown out like sort of visually hyper stimulating and all that kind of stuff and then the 90s so many people think of as you know the sort of like the grunge era you know and the and the sort of like oh yeah maybe the the, the sort of demasculinization of of male stereotypes in in a lot of ways at least in certain trends and so um so it is kind of funny to imagine you know like a nirvana era because you know someone could definitely be into reading x-men and be into say nirvana and cardigans and, and right. sort of long stringy hair yeah um, yeah it's like you almost would think that the comics would get very like goth like everyone would get very like very thin and gaunt yeah and, like, yeah dark circles under their eyes if it, <laughs> if it was going to go adult in some way right. rather than becoming yeah like you said i mean really that's just it's that at the contra i mean i'm not even a comic book reader but the images that you're describing are so immediately accessible to my brain like oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about right exactly totally. what you're talking about everyone has beads of sweat yeah absolutely um, yeah, 100%. And, I, and I think that like, you know, I think people back then were thinking less about diversity and getting in new readers and just about like, how do we please these kind of hardcore fans who want, you know, big muscles and, you know, women with, uh, you know, unusual breasts and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, everyone has, you know, thick muscular buttocks. So, yeah, I think they I think I think at that time. You know, and and they weren't the you know movie machines that they are now. So the idea of like welcoming yeah. in new readers probably was not something people were thinking about. Did you have a sense uh, when, uh, as a teenager, did did being a fan of that stuff and kind of being well versed and sort of having, you know, having a, a sense of of having some kind of like an almost like an expertise in a very specific hobby make you feel special did it make you feel like you're on the inside of something or did you feel like it was just a way of connecting to something because you didn't connect to a lot of more like standard teenage stuff um yeah you know I I I I you know I was very very lucky I had a very nice childhood where I was not made to feel very bullied about things or very embarrassed about stuff and I had you know kind of nice supportive parents who you know never you know, threw away my Sega Genesis and told me to get outside and throw a football and do a push up. <laughs> um, you know, and I think I'm 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 displaying some some pretty pretty powerful white guy privilege here as well, and that I got to kind of like try stuff and you know, kind of let my freak flag fly without feeling too you know chided by you know society. So that was really nice. So yeah, I I you know like obviously like. If you, you know, when you feel yourself getting roped into one of those deep cut conversations about 
you know, the differences between Earth and Earth 2. And of course, Earth Prime, I mean, that's out there too. So, you know, I think when you feel yourself <laughs> getting into one of those conversations, my instinct is always to stop and look around and just make sure that I'm not making anybody angry by talking about this too loud. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel super, super lucky that I got to kind of poke around with all that stuff and, you know, improv and drama club and stuff like that. And I got to kind of poke around in all those worlds without feeling too you know, bullied or threatened because I know a lot of people did. I know a lot of people, you know, it was maybe it felt a little bit risky to be in that into that stuff because there was such a stigma. But um, but yeah, I, I kind of had the nice experience of just being able to enjoy it without too much shame, a little bit of shame. Um, <laughs> and definitely as a as an adult, there's a different kind of shame of maybe like, you know, not wanting the comics to pile up in the living room and having a nice box for them that's in the closet and doesn't look like it's full of comics, but it, it you know. So I think there's a <laughs> different kind of like, you know, I realize that this is cool and there's less of a stigma around it, but maybe don't maybe don't splay out your, you know, your uh, your Batman collection like a, you know, a baboon presenting its anus. <laughs> Did you, were you uh, sort of well-liked across different social groups? Uh, yeah, no, I, I had a nice high school, too, and I know, uh, I know that, that that doesn't make for a, a terribly good interview, but yeah, I, I, I really oh, got it. no, no, I'm not, there's no part of me that's like, I better dig for some dirt quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, people, that's what, Janet, people want darkness in podcasts. They want you to be sure. raw, they want you to be dark. Um, no, but yeah, I think my experience was that, yeah, it really was kind of nice. And when I talked to people who did have problems with like bullying or parents who hated creativity, I, uh, yeah, boy, I just realized how lucky I was that I got to like, you know, you know, be one of the goofballs who like, you know, I, I was, I was a drama kid. So we would like, you know, wear our costumes to school. And I, you know, decided that I was going to only wear bowling shirts and bowling shoes for a couple weeks in high school (laughs) and, you know, wear, you know, suspenders and bow ties because it was the nineties and because ska. So I got to kind of like goof around with that stuff. And yeah. And I had a, you know, I had, I had, I had a bit of kind of standard high school, uh, you know, high school shit giving, but yeah, all in all, I got to, I really got to be an annoying little asshole and (laughs) figure myself out (laughs) without a lot of judgment. And it was nice. I mean, I, I kind of look back on that time and wish that I, I, I was not so demanding of everyone's attention all the time. Um, and I think Mm -hmm. like when I got into college, I loved like goofing off in lecture and, you know, if, and, you know, hey, this will be fun. Let's all go to the video store and ask for a movie that doesn't exist, you know, but we'll all go in one at a time. So the video store guys, what the fuck? Uh, I am embarrassed about how performatively, how performatively goofy I was. And I think it's a way of yeah, like. Yeah, that's definitely very like punk to slash candid camera. Right, slash, right. Like, like prank. I mean, you were called Prank the Dean. Um, right. the, the, the interaction with the sort of, you know, naive outside world, uh, like, but like, like, like lighthearted stuff, like, you know, not like at their expense, but not in some kind of way that like utterly shames them, but is yeah. sort of, I can only imagine silly, if, just silly. Yeah. I can only imagine if social media was around, I probably would have wanted to like, you know, do all the memes. You'd be a YouTube and, star. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, it would probably be a someone imitating a YouTube star and doing a bad job. Uh, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm really, really glad I got to be like 
an unfunny idiot off of, you know, in private, in relative private for the first couple years that I was trying to do comedy. <laughs> Did you date in high school? No. Uh, you know, that's so funny. I was listening to your ep with uh, Mark Evan Jackson. Uh, a lovely interview. Um, oh, what and, a joy. And I I just related to him so hard when he talked about the, like, scare tactics, the, like, school scare tactics and the feeling that as soon as, like, someone's shirt comes off, they're pregnant, you have AIDS, your life is ruined, <laughs> every orifice in your body is going to start bleeding. <laughs> My dad's my dad's the, the only uh, the only little kernel of sex talk I can imagine from I, the only kernel of a sex talk I can remember from my dad was him saying, well, just watch out out there. You don't want your dick to start bleeding. So, oh, Jesus. Uh, so I was terrified of girls. I was terrified of girls uh, until I was kind of a I don't know that this is a comically I, this isn't a comically late bloom, but. Yeah, I think my first girlfriend was like kind of late senior year of high school. But up until then, yeah. uh, they were just things that could become accidentally pregnant and also give you AIDS. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's that, that really uh, is reductive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were things that could give you AIDS. And did you relate to him sort of saying I, th- I honestly have not listened to it. So I'm I'm actually just trying to remember, and I know I just re-released. I'm trying to remember. I feel like was he one where he was like he just whatever there was some secret that everyone knew, and he just didn't know. Like that there was, did he say that or was that someone else? That, that there was a sense of like whatever I'm supposed to know about how to be in a relationship or how to date, how to ask someone out, whatever it is that allows uh, people to hold hands and like become couples and stuff there was like some like book that he just never got or some yo totally i i absolutely relate to that because yeah because i you know and i had i had certainly had you know friends that were girls and you know when you are when you are in the drama club as i was you know the ratio of men to women is is pretty heavily skewed in the uh you know in the toward towards the woman um and, you know, which I, I think actually helped me out in the long run, just kind of learning how to, like, be friends with and work with women mm. on creative things. Um, yeah. And uh, but, yeah, just that that idea of like, OK, well, I know this person. We know each other. We like each other. We're we're laughing. We're uh, hanging out at this Chili's together because we live in Orange County. Um, so how how do how do I kiss? How do we kiss? How do we ever, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing? Um uh, was, and how was it when you when you when you did get this girlfriend? Did it um, feel was it very organic or did you overthink stuff like that because uh, it was new? Yeah, no, it was like it was. I really remember it being totally magical. And yeah, and I think we we went to a high school dance together. I think it was winter formal. Um, and we I drove her home, but we kissed in the car while listening to KROQ one hundred six point seven. Um, K Rock. <laughs> uh, at some point, Limp Biscuit did come on. <laughs> so one of my first my my first smooches I do associate with the Limp Biscuit classic break stuff. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think I you know, and I think I think you know, while we did a lot of like kind of kissing and hand holding and stuff, I think both of us were really scared of anything of stuff beyond that. And um, yeah, I think we were kind of that that 
we were both pretty timid of, you know, stuff beyond kissing and hand-holding. And, um, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and I think I, I definitely, when I look back on that, I think I was a... Uh, a real uh, uh, smoth- smothering weirdo. I think I. I think I just. <laughs> I think I bought a lot of. I bought her a lot of greeting cards. I think I was always giving her greeting cards that Aww. I had got at the at the store. And I, and I know that like that you know, kind of on the surface it is. I mean it is very cute to do things for your for your significant other. But I think I. Um, yeah, I think I. <laughs> I think think something that I had to learn gradually in relationships is that like sometimes it's just like your time and your presence that you need to give someone. And it's not like you don't have to make a macaroni portrait of them every week. Like <laughs> once in a while, someone wants a macaroni portrait. But, um, you know, maybe were uh, you were the were the cards that you were buying. Would you were you because I I, I feel like uh, particularly with my friend Chris Bowman, who uh, is still very much in my life in the sense that he lives nearby and is in the business and yet is so we're so peripheral to each other that I never actually do see him or talk to him but he was definitely my most kind of creative funniest friend and so there was a lot of like buying you know I like buying ironic greeting cards like getting like I'll give you a, you know, bereavement card and cross right. out some of the words yes. or like, this is in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like that, it felt like that was like busting the world wide open. Like uh, we must be the only people doing this, yes. which absolutely was untrue. Uh, oh yeah. No, no. I, I definitely did a little bit of that and also thought I had invented it. Yeah. Great. It's and like, but for, would you, would you, sh- would that, hu- would the humor stuff spill over into dating and relationships or was it a, a weird thing where like you were just ultimately too sincere about your feelings uh, to, to and, and the greeting cards were actually sort of like, this is, look at this cute thing that says how I feel. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, but I think, I think, I think there's something interesting in that and in that I was, I think I was doing a lot of like, you know, ironic right uh, inappropriately themed greeting cards and i remember getting her a lot of stuff from goodwill i would get her a lot of goofy you know like cat posters and stuff from goodwill and like i think looking back like a reason that maybe that didn't go over well is because that just like wasn't her aesthetic and it wasn't her sense of humor i was doing things that (laughs) i thought were cute and funny but i was not taking into account what she wanted which was probably not to have her boyfriend bring her over a lot of junk he found at the goodwill because he thought it was funny so yeah i I think that was a when i look at that it's like oh that's something you need to learn is like you know you can't you know you can't get marge a bowling ball that says homer on it you need to find out what she wants and you know maybe it's more time than it is you know stuff or maybe it's trips maybe it's you know it's dinners maybe it's cooking it's like you know not not just getting everyone what you what you think they should want, right? It felt like you had that Homer base uh, bowling ball thing so ready that it was almost like you had pulled it out of like like a Tuesdays with Maury of The Simpsons, like <laughs> all the lessons I need to learn. I learned from The Simpsons bathroom book. Well, Janet, I don't know if you through when you're on the toilet as a as a 36 year old straight white guy, I mainly relate to people emotionally through moments from The Simpsons. <laughs> it's the thing that I know I the best. 
I understand. Thank you. I understand. So your sense of Jap of, of the Japanese culture is is primarily linked to Mr. Sparkle. Yes, it is, and I can see how maybe that's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all I have. It's all I have, Janet. How am I supposed to learn about other cultures? And if there's one thing The Simpsons is good at, anyway. Well, um, you, so you were listening, because you, I'm just now getting to, you had K-Rock on uh, the night of the winter formal when you drove your, your girlfriend home. Did, were you, did you have, were you passionate about music in the same way you were about comics? Or was it more just kind of like, what, are, what do other people listen to? Or what's on the radio? Uh, yeah, no, I was definitely, you know, uh, again, some context, Orange County in the 90s. So there was a lot of punk music. There was a lot of ska music. Uh, that's the time that the swing dancing came back. I don't know if you remember that. Sure. Janet. Oh, uh, how could I forget? Sure. Those were fun times. Uh, yeah. And I like I personally never did it, but it was all around me. Yeah, no. Uh, and I definitely like uh, I in addition to being terrified of girls, I was also, you know, kind of scared of drinking and drugs, too. So my options for like staying out late were either goofing around at like a Denny's or <laughs> like going to see bands. So I went to see a ton of bands and I definitely had a little bit of the. um, Oh, you guys are listening to the radio. That's cute. Anyway. Right, May, right. You've never heard of Operation Ivy? That's cute. You know, I I was I think I was a little bit of a uh, I was a little bit of a punk rock dick in high school. So, um, so yeah, but no, I I definitely. Did you dr- okay, yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense if you're actually if you actually went through with suspenders and bow ties. Yeah, that I guess you were you were kind of loud and proud about that stuff. Yeah, I was kind of a I was kind of a a uh, yeah. I think I would describe my aesthetic as thrift store goofball. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. I did the same. I mean, I, 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 and a lot of it was men's clothes. So we probably could have like shared clothes if we had. <laughs> right. We could have wore the same, same, the same place, the same gas station attendance t-shirt with a different name <laughs> patch on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So many seventies sweaters and cardigans that were all the, just those like delicious set seventies colors, like puce, mustard, yeah. Yeah. eggplant. Uh, I had so many items of clothing in that just very specific not quite olive green it's more like mustard meets olive green sure um that one reflected off anyone's complexion uh just makes you look like maybe you're a little seasick uh, <laughs> and i just why is janet so nauseous in. all the time yeah uh, yeah it, and why are her sweaters so baggy? So <laughs> very baggy. Right. And why they, do they smell like mothballs? Because they previously, <laughs> yeah, they previously belonged to a sixty-year-old uh, man who died, and his his next of kin brought a box of his clothes to the goodwill. Yeah, died in his armchair smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and they just took the sweater right off his back and right. just immediately put it on the rack, and I couldn't snap it up fast enough. Yes. We'll just be proud about that. We're not going to be rueful about it. We're going to be very proud. Of course. Yeah, we were great. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. People say not to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Which is why here on Just the Zoo of Us, we judge them by so much more. We rate animals out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics, taking into consideration each animal's true strengths, like a pigeon's ability to tell a Monet from a Picasso or a polar bear's ability to play basketball. Guest experts like biologists, ecologists, and more join us to share their unique insight into the animal's world. 
Listen with friends and family of all ages on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. It's the final week of Co-Optober. I'm Richard Roby, producer, and I'm here with... KT Wigman, Operations Specialist. To cap off National Co-op Month, we're sharing how worker-owned co-ops can benefit their communities. Read about it in our newsletter or on social media at MaxFunHQ. We're also trying to do our part. We're volunteering at our local food bank this week, and we encourage you to volunteer in your area too. On Friday, we're announcing the donation that you helped raise in the Post Max Fund Drive sticker sale, going to five food banks across the U.S. And we want to make sure that you know this is your last chance to get our limited edition Launch Crew merch. Grab a pin, hat, shirt, or hoodie before they disappear at the end of the month. Details on merch, resources for volunteering, and all things Co-Optober can be found at MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Thank you so much for your support and a great Co-Optober. Jordan, I'm going to get right into this MASH game. Please. Uh, I feel like we have laid some a good foundation for mm-hmm. some of these categories. Great. Great. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with some of the obvious. Um, if you could be uh, any comic book character that already exists, uh, give me three comic book characters. It would be fun to be. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think my number one will probably always be Spider-Man. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Um, yeah, I think maybe my second one will be, uh, uh, Marvel's The Amazing Squirrel Girl, who has the power to talk to squirrels. I think it would be very funny to have an inconsequential superpower. Great. And I think people would be, you know, impressed that I was, like, getting shit done despite having kind of an inconsequential superpower. <laughs> yep. And for my third, why don't we go? Oh, why don't we go? Uh, well, yeah, we'll we'll stay with Marvel. Why don't we go? Long shot, the superhero whose power is being very lucky. Oh, long shot, great. Uh, okay, great. Okay, Spider Man, Amazing Four, long shot, great. Uh, next one is three, <laughs> uh, three styles. Uh, of clothing from any era, any time, any gender, anything. Assume that the comfort level is equivalent. Right. One from the other, regardless of whether it looks comfortable. Um, three styles that you can boldly try uh, with zero judgment from anyone. Okay. Well, I mean, automatically, my first one is always going to be old-time diving suit. Old-time diving suit with a hose <laughs> attached to the head. <laughs> Nothing right. better than an old. Yeah, I have. I can yank on it when I need more air. Um, oh, that's that. Somehow the old time diving suit has now, like for for from a couple of different things. One of them being the room iPad app. Uh, I find those diving suits to only be very creepy. Yes, they are. Now, they are. now they now they mean horror and geists. <laughs> they do see they, they I do feel like whenever you see one of those it's like there's no way someone didn't hasn't died in that. Someone has absolutely yeah, died sure. in that. It seems so for unsafe. Sure. But yeah, I just like to cruise yeah. around in one of those. Um Great. yeah. You couldn't be more delighted with your first choice and <laughs> and more surprised. Uh for second, I think I'm going to go uh like the turn of the century baseball player. 
Um, <laughs> Great. It, it, I'll I'll throw the facial hair in there too. I'll have a weird uh, I'll have a weird uh, 1910s baseball player mustache. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and my and my team name is something like the 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 Badgers or the uh, <laughs> or the Tinctures. I'm maybe one of the St. Louis Tinctures. <laughs> oh, Jordan Morris, you're so funny. Ah, shucks. And uh, I think for my third one, uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, one of uh, Biff's gang from Back to the Future Two. So, Great. someone, Great. someone from the future as imagined in the eighties. Great, great. Biff's gang, but okay. So it's Biff's gang in twenty fifteen. Uh, yes, or it's yeah. Biff's gang from the. Okay, yeah. Yeah, right. Biff's oh, good pull. Good pull on that year on on when Back to the Future Two takes place. I wouldn't have known That's, that off the top. I'm of my right. Head. Am aren't I? It's I not think like you October are. October something of 2015. Uh, okay. Next category. Ugh. Now I really feel like I want to stretch my wings and come up with great categories because you're giving the, some of the best answers I've ever had. <laughs> no, uh, these are great. Um, let's do three. Uh. Let, well, I got to do the food one. So I guess I'll just knock that out. I was going to say I could try to make that more bizarre to see what your answers would be. But uh, so maybe like two, so th- th- three things that are basically a combination of flavors that might not work in real life. But they're like so it's basically you're giving me six things in couplets. Okay. Uh, but 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 they you enjoy both of them so much that they actually combine to form one superfood mm. in this realm, even though we, there's no way that it would actually happen. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, my yeah. Okay. So my first coupling will be a uh, appetizer sampler platter. Hmm. Um, you know, that's just from, you know, standard app sampler from any chain restaurant. Maybe you got onion rings, uh, mozzarella sticks, hot wings, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. trio of dipping sauces, quartet of dipping sauces, ideally, but you know, that's up to the chain. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and my, and I'll couple that with a nice Greek yogurt with a little bit of honey. <laughs> Great. Which is a nice breakfast Great. if you're, you know, if you're thinking about going big during dinner, you know, have something light for breakfast. Great. Greek yogurt with a little bit of honey in it. Okay. Uh, got it. What's the next two? Thing number two. Oh, you know. Okay, so uh, let's 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 do this. So, I mean, I think everyone kind of understands the time-honored combination of the Wendy's Frosty and the French fries. Sure, absolutely. Uh, uh, but why don't we go? Uh, why don't we go Frosty from Wendy's, French fries from McDonald's, which are better than the fries at Wendy's? Ooh, okay. So that's a two-stop. That's a two-stop meal there. McD's fries, great. Okay, number three. Number three. Um, let's see. Uh, let's do. Uh, uh, you know, n- no, no particular logic here. Let's just do. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's just do um, a, a, an Irish car bomb and creamed corn. <laughs> okay. Two things that I kind of, sort of enjoy occasionally. Uh, okay. Great. In a pinch. wonderful. Okay. Okay. Next category is three. Let's do three TV shows that are no longer on, but they can it can stretch from any period in TV's history uh, that you would have loved to have written for. Oh boy! Wow! What a great that's this is a really fun question. You're probably simpatico with me on this, Janet. If I if I know your comedy tastes even a little bit, let's say Kids in the Hall. That was like one of my you know that was definitely my oh my gosh I think I like comedy 
um, yeah. uh, kind of kickoff. Um, uh, you know, you know, I was reminiscing about this with some friends. Remember the critic? It was it was kind of the sure. Simpsons Simpsons clone that was on uh, NBC about. Listen. Starring, we uh, talk about we tr- we talk about trying to do a critic reunion uh, pretty much every year at Sketchfest. It's oh, like a thing that's always on the list and it never happens. Man, yeah, I would I I would advance purchase tickets to that now if you told me it was coming in 2025. Yeah, I would say I would vote for you being the moderator now that I know that you're such a fan. Oh, I have so much to say about the critic. <laughs> uh, yes, the hell out of that. Yeah. Oh, I would love to moderate. Um, so yeah, let's right. say uh, kids in the hall. Uh, let's say the critic, and um, let's see what's third one. Um, oh, you know, I have very fond family memories of sitting down uh, with my parents to watch Coach. Great. I don't know that Coach holds I don't think up. I've ever seen an episode of Coach, but oh. I like uh, Craig T. Nelson a great deal. Yeah, he's you know he's 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 an an, under, an underrated sitcom dad. I think. Yeah. I think That's I think right. I don't know if I would love I don't know if I would mesh with the staff of coach but I think my parents would <laughs> would be very excited that I was doing it. Yeah. Great. Great. Okay, let's do uh let's do this romantic interest. Yes. Uh let's do it could be a character from something, it could be a real person mm-hmm. uh from any era it's pretty much wide open. Sure. Um a video game character who's not normally pregnant but they're pregnant. <laughs> Sure. Sorry, that's just my fan art. Uh, I won't. Uh, I won't go there. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, let's do let's do crushes. Um, uh, I think my my kind of current uh, current celebrity crush, someone I always swoon a little bit when they come on TV, is Vanessa Bear uh, mm-hmm. from Saturday Night Live and the occasional delightful bit part in a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Vanessa Bear. Um, I think that it's very funny when she plays the bar mitzvah boy. I'm not. Uh, sexually interested in that but i think she is great when she does that <laughs> i can draw the line i can admire that character but also anyway i'm over th- i'm over talking this uh let's say vanessa bear um oh m- maybe my m- some of my early uh my early uh stirrings of of yeah. romance were for uh, bernadette peters specifically in the jerk Aww, so let's say sure. bernadette bernadette peters playing a little ukulele sure uh, yeah, she was def- that was definitely a character where I don't know, there just some there were some there were some women it, 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 there were some women where I I remember thinking like, "Oh, I'm not that sweet." Like, "Oh, what would it be like to be sweet like that?" And to you, you know, like that was a yeah. that was a real example of thinking like, "Oh, she's so f- female and and, yeah. and sweet with her perfect little lips and the the way she was playing that character of course i hadn't seen her in anything else so i had no idea that she was like a complete ball buster and can basically do anything and is a right. total tough tough guy you know also. yeah totally uh but but at the time in my mind bernadette peters was like just like the sweetest little angel-eyed girl you know yeah right and i think when you look at that movie now it's like you you know she's kind of doing an over-the-top character kind of a parody a parody of a love interest almost yeah exactly exactly um oh and my my number three listen i I don't i I don't know this i don't know this woman's name i don't know what this woman's uh romantic interests are but i i i have a i have a very uh i have a very um potent memory of the last time i went to see um ted leo are you familiar with ted leo he's kind of yeah i know our... ted he's great oh yeah so he had so he his his i've seen him a lot of times with a lot of different bands 
Uh, but his the band I saw him with last time uh, has a female saxophone player who wears a pinstripe suit on stage. Oh, boy. Uh, so yeah, sh- so she can be number three, and she fucking wails, oh gosh, and she sings so some funny. of the harmonies uh, with the band. And, okay. uh, uh, yeah, I, I was that was one of the, like, coolest rock performances I've seen in a long time. Okay, great. I just put pinstripe saxophonist. Well, we definitely will remember what that means. I... I'm very excited about this next category. I, that's a total lie. I don't know what I'm going to say. Hmm. Uh, but I like the idea of surprising both of us, not just you. Uh, let's do... Yeah, well, we got to... I think we need to do movies that you can step into uh, and just live live in and be be around those people. You're not reliving the plot. You're not a character in it. It's oh, just sure. sort of the world of the movie. Um, boy, yeah, when I... The immediate thing when you came... When you said that, the first thing that came to mind was... Um, Gotcha. There's a Richard Linkletter movie called Everybody Wants Some. Am I getting you? Do you does that title ring a oh, bell to yeah. you? Yeah, that was really f- a fun movie. It kind of came and went. Yeah, it was the one he did after Boyhood, which yeah. was kind of his big, you know, ambitious. Right. This took me 40 years to make and one. Yeah, he Oscar. sort of st- he like stole his own thunder preemptively. Like he had done that movie and then Everybody Wants Some came out like kind of soon right after. And people were like still referencing boyhood and right. i think if you it like got great reviews and people were like what a fun movie and then like you never heard of it again um i i you know i remember seeing it and maybe not loving it it's you know it's a little bit of a you know kind of a shaggy dog of a movie there's not much of a plot but i remember thinking i'm like i don't know that i think this is a great movie but i want to hang around in this movie so great. bad i just want to chill i want to fucking Drink tall boys with these guys. I want to wear jorts. I'm a, I like a jort. Anyway, there's a lot of good jorts in that movie. Jean short. I am very, I, that that's, feels like you had a fantasy tailored to my mash game. So I'm very smug about that because <laughs> it's just been waiting to come out. It's just been latent waiting to spill out into this mash game. Great. Uh, okay, give me two more. Okay, uh, two more. Let's see. Um, you know, let's go, let's go the, the Blues Brothers, um, another movie right. that maybe isn't a, isn't a, isn't a, a perfect a ball as a movie, but is, is so fun. And, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of chaos that no one seems to die from. So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And number three, let's see. Number three. Oh, you know, let's keep the jorts theme going. Wet Hot American Summer. Great. American Summer. Uh, I could put W-H-A-S and know what that means. I think so. Um, that's good. Uh, okay, great. Uh, okay, next category. Let's do let's do three real-life skills uh, that you maybe don't have because they could be uh, exotic or just things that you uh, have not developed uh, in this reality um, that you could wake up with tomorrow and you sort of download it and are an expert at Matrix style. Okay, uh, let's say t- tiki bartending. <laughs> I think that would be a lot right. of fun to to n- know about various rums, various colors of rum, <laughs> which is not something I know about now. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, let's say, uh, um, oh, uh, let's say camping. I would love to know, I would love to be someone who camps. I'm a little bit afraid of it now, but I would love to just be a guy who, who knows, you know, uh, how to turn his urine That's into water answer. if need be. <laughs> you go straight to that. Yeah, yeah I'm assuming Listen, that we all understand. I would know how to pitch a tent, etc. But also, but also, I need to. Yeah, water. I need to turn my. I think there's a tarp involved. I think you can put it in the sun. I think it drains. And anyway, I don't know. That's why I'm getting the skill. 
great. Uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, skill three. Uh, let's say. Um, uh, oh, you know, let's say on on the on the theme of urine drinking. Let's say jet ski tricks, so I could uh, participate in the uh, Water World stunt show at uh, Universal Studios. Wow, great and check. Uh, okay, and then final category is three places that you would love to have a vacation home. Uh, I'm going to open it out to it could be uh, an imaginary place or it can be a real place. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, maybe a I'll mixture thereof. Great. I'll stay with the I'll stay with the Richard Linkletter theme and say Austin. Um, boy, Austin's fun. It sure is fun. I don't know that I want to live there, but I definitely want to have a little condo there that I can uh, uh, drink and then go back to. I think that. Great. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, vacation spot number two. Um, oh, mm, let's see. Where do I, where else do I love? Hmm. I should have a good answer for that. I want to think of a good fictional place, I feel like. Oh, you know what? I, I, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is kind of a boring answer, but I went to Vancouver once and I loved it. And I think about Vancouver as being like kind of my happy place a little bit. I don't know if I just had a particularly good experience. Nothing Super Jordan, no. I feel exactly the same way, and I've made no uh, secret about it. The only thing that stopped me was I did end up working on a movie there for many weeks in the winter, and I didn't have the same experience because it did rain nonstop and was dark the entire time. Oh, yes. But Vancouver, spring, summer, and fall, I couldn't agree more. That is absolutely categorically a place I would have my vacation home. Hmm. I couldn't support your choice more. Uh, and uh, number three, I'm going to go uh, in the uh, in the kind of uh, floating vacation ship inside the fifth element. Great. Falston Paradise, that's I think it's called. That, that's a movie that people still think about and talk about, for sure. Yeah, yeah it was. It's just still in the zeitgeist somehow. The zeitgeist. Weird as shit. What does zeitgeist mean? I don't if know. Geist is ghost. Oh, yeah, sure. It means it's a, it's a yeah, it's a zipper ghost. <laughs> Or like a pimple ghost. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Oh, right. It, yeah, zit guys. There you go. That's better. <laughs> pimple ghost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's it's a ghost. That's, it's, that's, that's the comic book I want to read. It's, listen, ghost. The Adventures of Pimple Ghost. Your body is changing, mainly because you're made of ectoplasm, <laughs> and it's not a solid, so it'll be always changing, uh, but... Yeah. Well, listen, that ectoplasm clogs your ectopores and uh, right. you break out. It's it's a known fact. Okay. You know, I just have to do this quick little kind of squiggle thing. Of course. Uh, that, doesn't, that takes but a, but a second. So just uh, tell me when to stop. And stop. Okay. Uh, hold on just a second while I count. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, why don't you reiterate uh, the bubble stuff and where people can get it, uh, where people can get it, and when um, while I do this quick calculating. Janet, I love it. Uh, so uh, I, um, along with a bunch of other great comedy folks, made a sci-fi miniseries that you can get via podcast. It's called Bubble and comes out June 13th, so it'll probably already be up and running when you are hearing this show. Just search for Bubble wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of great folks. Janet Varney amongst them. Allison Becker from Parks and Recreation. Eliza Skinner, who you mentioned. Mike Mitchell. Cristela Alonzo. Uh, the great Cristela Alonzo from Cristela on ABC and Cars 3. Keith Powell from 30 Rock, also in this bad boy. Tavi Gevinson narrates. Uh, we got John Hodgman. Bill Corbett from Mystery Science Theater 3000. 
We've got Tawny Newsom from the Spontanea Nation podcast. We got, uh, let's see, who else we got? Oh, Helen Hong. Helen Hong from Go Fact Yourself. Vanessa Ramos. Judy Greer uh, from Archer and uh, and uh, other things. Yeah, other things. That's right. Um, <laughs> who else? Who else? Who else can I mention that is good in Bubble? Oh, Rob Hubel is in Bubble for a bit and very, very hilarious. Uh, so yeah, most of your most of your favorite comedy folks will be there, and uh, yeah, it's a crazy, weird experiment that we don't know if it will work, but we hope it does. So please get over there to your favorite podcasting app and search for Bubble. Listen, that I really appreciate how long you dragged that out because you had had me squiggle for a long enough time that it was almost unprecedented how many uh, <laughs> things I had to go through to cross out each category. It was, it was, it was, it was 11. <laughs> so I really had to, wow. the eeny meanying was a, was a, was a, a, a big process, it helps, uh, but I'm it very helps, happy with the results. It helps to have such a big cast to this thing, just in case I need to vamp. Yeah, <laughs> it was great vamping. It was great vamping. You dropped a lot of great credits uh, that people, uh, people know people from. It's fantastic. Oh, the McElroy um, brothers, the McElroy brothers also in this thing. Okay, go ahead. Oh, ye old McElroys. What mm-hmm. a funny gang uh, of mischievous gentlemen. <laughs> uh, impish even. Okay. Yes, um, sure. Now, listen, we got to get back to you because there's some really good stuff going on here. First of all, I don't even know where to start. This is all so great. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on your beautiful house in Austin. Oh, amazing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, certainly there are bodies of water not terribly far from Austin, uh, but you may find that you're doing your jet ski tricks more on the L.A. side <laughs> since you have uh, quicker access to the right, ocean. Right, right. Um, but, uh, really impressive jet ski. Listen, I didn't even realize it was you, uh, doing those water world stunts. Um, kudos. Yeah. Thanks. I don't brag really, about really it a lot. Nice I just, I want it to be about the jet skiing. So it's <laughs> it has not about a, like, you have a quiet dignity about right. your jet ski skills. Thank you. It's, I do it. I just uh, do it for the love of the sport and to glorify God. <laughs> sure. Sure. I, now listen, I don't know if that has made a lot of your, um, uh, colleagues at uh, on the on the show coach jealous uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm very hopeful that you that they're able to just you know applaud your success and uh, and not let their envy get the better of them because I you guys have a uh, you know you, you guys got a writer's room you got to get along in right and but you know Craig Craig loves to get out there and rip rip the waves every now and then you know he's not <laughs> he's not he's not performing at a pro stunt level like I am sure, but uh, sure. but you know Craig Craig loves to, he to dabbles. slice a slice a drift. That sounds right. Uh, listen, furthermore, um, I don't know if that's maybe that's how you are able to burn off all the Wendy Frosty and McDonald's fries that uh, <laughs> you have in perpetuity with zero ramifications. Right. But right. Uh, it's pretty easy for me to imagine you like on a jet ski and then you like jump a ramp and like scoot up and the jet ski takes you all the way up to like a patio where people are all eating and you like spray water on cute girls and they're like, ah, and then you just like reach over and just dip those fries right into Frosty without even getting off the jet ski. Right, right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's it would it would seem assholish, but you know, of course I'm everyone's jet ski hero. So it's an honor. It's an honor to have your Frosty ganked by That's me. That's right. Now, that being said, 
Uh, you have raised some eyebrows uh, both on and off the jet ski with your crazy style of being one of Biff's gang members from the future mm, 2015 sure. from sure. the 80s. But I applaud uh, the bravado, frankly. Thank you. Um, um, yeah, it's just, you oh, know, it's, it, was, it was similar to the Waterworld stunt show aesthetic. So I think it, you know, it definitely like just kind of carries over. Uh, I bring mostly my own costume pieces. <laughs> um, well, it shows. It absolutely shows. You. And you can Thank interpret you. that however you want. Uh, you also have the opportunity to just dive into the world of Everybody Wants Some uh, mm-hmm. when you just want to chill out in a movie. And you uh, are also incredibly lucky. Long shot. Oh, uh, yes. You ended up with the f- wonderful luck of long shot who it will surprise you not at all I've never heard of because he's not made an appearance in a movie and I don't read comics. Uh, Janet, I'm excited he's, for... He's a, he's a bad yeah. character. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, <laughs> he's, a, he's a bad 80s, 90s X-Men character <laughs> who was revived delightfully briefly by the great comics uh, writer Chris Hastings, but historically Longshot has been kind of dumb anyway. Okay. But credit well, where credit just- is due. Yeah, despite despite the fact that you your alter ego is is kind of a dud, uh, I want to reassure you that that has had zero effect on your hot love affair with the pinstripe saxophonist. Yes, yes, I was hoping I was in my in my heart of hearts. That's the one I was kind of hoping oh, good. worked out. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, good. Um, that's then she has her own fashion style, so I'm actually really excited to see how that works with all of these crazy outfits that uh, you're putting yourself in, vis-a-vis all of the things you chose. Yeah, we're very uh, we're very cute on Instagram. We have a couple's Instagram, and uh, ugh, you're officially the two. You're you, you all you've done is extended your "I'm too cool for everything" uh, <laughs> high school years, and now you guys are like that couple in adult life. So mm. thanks a lot for making yeah. us all feel lame. <laughs> Um, Jordan, I'm so glad we did this. I've been wanting to do this since I started Boys of Summer. I kept, I, for a minute, I thought that it would end up being you and Jesse together just because it seemed like it would be easiest to have you like record an episode of Jordan, Jesse go, and then just stay in the studio. That never happened. I ended up podcasting, uh, Jesse remotely. I think last year, this is long overdue. And so I'm so pleased that we were able to do it. Jan, I've, um, I've had so much fun. I've, anytime we get to do a creative thing together, I always have a total blast. You are one of my favorite funny people, and this was so exactly much fun. That is exactly how I feel. That is exactly how I feel. I, every time I see you, I, I know that I always blurt out, like, I hope we get to like work on a show together um, on a regular basis, but I continue to mean that. So my, one of my, us has to get like a really intense, great deal, and then we can write together and perform together. Man, I always think, like, when I think of my dream, like, next step writing jobs it would be the shows janet varney is on oh great well let's just then we just have to make one yeah i know right yes absolutely i yeah i always it's always such a treat to uh to talk with you both uh both in a in a creative context and a casual one this has been so much fun and yeah definitely come on jordan jesse go as soon as you get back in town oh you know i love that podcast uh okay well uh i think that just leaves us with a final piece of boys of summer which is that i ask you to sing uh extemporaneously any part of Don Henley's Boys of Summer that you can conjure um, on a dime. Now, Janet, would you allow for a slight modification? (laughs) 
What's the modification? Auto tune? Uh, the, well, the modification was I will I will maybe be singing the Atari's update of Boys of Summer, which has a slight lyrical change that I think you'll notice uh, kind of quickly. Would you allow for oh, that? Oh, okay. Or do I have to I, sing the Don? I Henley welcome version? it. Okay. No, I welcome it. I welcome it. <clears throat> Here it is: the Boys of Summer, the saddest song ever written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Out on the road today, I saw a black flag sticker on a Cadillac. A little voice oh. inside my head says, don't look back. You can never go back. I thought I knew what love was. What did I know? Those days were gone forever. I should just let her know, but... And some other stuff. <laughs> brown skin shining the sun. Is that a weird lyric? Should we be able to sing that? <laughs> That was great. That maybe is the most political commentary I've ever gotten uh, with regard to that song. Um, <laughs> I, so yeah, I, I know, also want to thank you. You really took it to a collegiate level. I just don't know. Jamie. Yeah, I think you're. I think you. I think you've. You've really uh, found something that I need to study more closely. Um, <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> Jordan, it thank you so much for doing the podcast. Yeah. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, you're number one. We could save kittens from trees. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.